very much for that. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 4 tonight in your Bible, if you will. The book of Philippians in chapter uh, number 4. Philippians chapter number 4. Philippians chapter number four. Good crowd out tonight. Thank you so much for being out tonight. I'm looking forward. Supposed to be up towards 60 on Tuesday. Hallelujah. Mercy. And bring revival, won't it? I'm telling you. I'm looking forward to some sunshine, some warm weather. It's going to be great. Philippians chapter four, verse number one. Therefore, my brethren, uh, let me start over, okay? I'm going to start over. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Yodius and beseech Syntyche, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, which Clement, uh, with Clement also, and with other many fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your, uh, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Um, we're going to talk tonight about the peace of God. Let's pray and we'll go. <clears throat> Father, one last time we ask again for your power, your divine guidance and all that's said and done. I am thankful for the congregation that's sitting here and I'm thankful for the ones that are at home, Lord, uh, by live stream taking in this service. And we all need to hear from you. And, and and certainly we do need to be focused. We we do need to be purposeful as we come into this building, wanting you, Lord, to meet with us, uh, that you might do a work in our heart and our life. However big or however small our cares are, um, you care about those things. And you want to help us. And you want us to have your peace. And Lord, so we pray tonight that you would take this portion of Scripture and you would use it as only you can um, Help us. We, we need your help. We're thankful for your goodness and mercy and ask all of these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing for the reading of the word of God. And please do be seated. <clears throat> I don't think I'd have any trouble getting anyone here in here to agree with me that the peace of God is one of the greatest needs in our Christian life. 
the peace of God. I remember getting saved almost, almost 37 years ago now. I remember getting saved. And the peace of God was the most amazing part initially for me, the peace of God. I'd never had peace like that in my life. I had tried everything this world had to offer, and it never brought me peace like God brought me peace. I mean, just amazing. And the whole thing is, is that God will allow us to have that. I mean, it wasn't just something he gave us at the beginning of our Christianity and said, well, enjoy it for a while because that's going to leave. And once it leaves, I'm sorry, you'll not see it again until you get to heaven. That's not the way our God works. No, no, new beginnings. I believe we lose things over time. Things that God never intended for us to lose after we're saved by His grace. He wants us to have this peace. He is the God of peace. And He, he wants us to have this peace. I mean, we did experience it, salvation. You know, the, the forgiveness of sin. The, the sweet fellowship with God. And again, the problem is that very too often that, that peace begins to slip away. For whatever reason. We could bring up a lot of different reasons for that. But when that takes place, there's, there's things begin to happen or can begin to happen in our own heart and our own lives. I mean, we can become very self-conscious and, and become very sheepishly shy and guilty and perhaps even discouraged and defeated like God never was there. Or if we're not careful, we can become very cantankerous and critical and uh, always be murmuring and grumbling and and become very divisive. Um, and if it continues on and goes on and on and on, it becomes easy to slip back into a life of sin to where we're just living our life and we're not really concerned that much. I mean, I, I mean that, that peace that we once had with God and, and, and even with man, that peace with God and peace with man that God gave us, it, it's, it's disturbed and, and um, impatience, impatience becomes the norm in our life, instead of the peace of God that's there, that helps us make it through the different trials and things that we go through, that often leads to uh, someone being a troublemaker, as sad as that is. Um, and it can also cause despair and defeat. Somewhere along the way, uh, We've lost that peace because we've failed, and because of that, we feel unworthy or even unable to walk victoriously with God. When we know that uh, there's victory in Jesus, without a doubt. No, we know that. I mean, we can grab it. We would tell other people, well, there's victory in Jesus, and we, we know that. I mean, we readily know that. He, he, we've been victorious because of Him in our life. But then we begin to slip and things begin to change. There's, there, there's peace that God wants us to have, the peace of God himself. And we do have to realize here in the book of Philippians that, that, that God is speaking to believers. This isn't to unbelievers. This is to believers, those, those that have trusted Christ as their Savior. We know this, I know this, I can say this, unbelievers don't have the peace of God. It's not there. It only comes when we uh, meet Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Um, 
Uh, unbelievers aren't that way. No matter how small their questioning and their rejection might be of God, it's still questioning and rejection, and it's not peace. They, you can't have that peace without the Lord. But, but, but when an unbeliever turns to God and accepts Christ, hallelujah, I mean, peace is made with God. And in fact, even as I've already said to an extent, God causes a flood of peace to, to, to come over us and into our heart and into our life of, of us as new believers. I mean, that peace is just awesome. I believe a lot of people lose it. They lose the peace. They stay, they may stay in the groove somewhat. Coming to church, carrying their Bible, reading it a little, doing some praying, giving in offerings, maybe even sticking a track in their purse or pocket every now and then that the, they get a chance to pass it out so they can raise their hand on Wednesday night. Oh, you didn't bring your sense of humor tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> Brother Mike puts me under conviction every Wednesday night. It's like, I did, I did. What is it that will keep this real, this peace that God wants us to have? What is it that's going to keep it real in our lives? How do we stay aware of God's presence? Because it's His presence that brings that peace. So, so how do we do that? Well, verse number one, where we're reading here, he starts out saying this, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and, and, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I believe that we have to determine to stand fast if we're going to continue to experience this peace. We live in a world that does not really care about God. No, I'm talking about the God of the universe. They really don't care about God. To some extent, they've dreamed up a God that they have in their own mind. Um, they've, they've dreamed up a Jesus that they have their own thoughts about. But I'm talking about the God of the Bible. For the most part, this world doesn't care about the God of the Bible. And so for us, the very first step is to stand fast. Um, we, we know here there's a transition going on between what Paul is preparing to say and what Paul has just said. Because, see, there are enemies of the cross of Christ. And we as believers, our citizenship is in heaven. And, and the Lord is going to return one day, and he's going to take us out of here. Hallelujah. And so, therefore, stand fast in the Lord. But here's the conclusion of the matter. Verse number 9. It says, Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, it's good to circle this next word, do. Do. And the God of peace shall be with you. If we really want the peace of God, there are some things that we're going to have to do. And one of those things is just to stand fast in the Lord. No, we're going to be unmovable. We're going to be Christian whether we're at church or at work or at home. Sometimes it's harder to be a Christian at home than it is even at work. We're going to be Christ-like wherever we are. We're determined to be like Jesus. We're going to stand fast. And when he's talking about here, it actually means to stand firm, to persist, to, to persevere. 
I mean, even like a soldier that's standing fast against an attack of an enemy, I mean, refusing to give in regardless of how hard that they are attacked, not, not, not flinching, uh, ever stable, never defeated, we're to stand fast. No matter how great the trial is in our life, we're to stand fast. No matter how uh, uh, the pressure is, is on us, uh, the pressure of temptation is upon us, we're to stand fast. No matter the, the influence or the offer or any allurements that are made by others, we are to stand fast. But how does a believer do that? Preacher, it makes really good preaching, but, but how does a believer supposed to do that? Well, when the temptation to surrender becomes so appealing and the trial is so terrible, I mean, we got to think about this. Where can we, as believers, find the strength to stand fast? Well, there's a couple of places. There is the believer's source of strength. That would be the Lord himself. Because where it says there, it says, stand fast in the Lord, in the Lord. And there's only one place that the believer can truly stand fast, and that is in the Lord. So we have to be living, and we have to be moving, and, 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 and having, his, having his being uh, uh, a believer's being, mm, come on, brain. We, we have to be, we be, mm, come on. The believer, the believer, we as believers, we as believers, we must be living and moving and having our being in the Lord. In the Lord. So that means we're to be uh, praying with the Lord all day long. Pray without ceasing. Praying is just talking to God. That means we talk to Him all day long. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, preacher, I tell you, I get to work and I get so frustrated and it just then things get to me. Well, talk to the Lord. Oh, no, 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 I mean talking to the Lord. And we don't have to be audible. I mean, you don't have to make people think that you're crazy or anything like that. Mercy, just talking to the Lord. God, I need your help in all of this. I want to be Christ-like. I want to be a light that shines. I want to be salt to the earth. I want to be everything that you would have me be. We have to be praying to the Lord all day long. And then we have to keep our thoughts upon the Lord. I mean, I mean, just think about, I'm telling you, I, 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 maybe I rehearse my salvation uh, more than others. But man, I just think about the day that I got saved so much. I mean, all, a day, I can't, a day doesn't go by. I think about the day that I got saved, the day he saved my soul, the day he pulled me out of the muck and mire of this world. I mean, that glorious salvation and the hope that he has given me and, and the mission that he's given me for life i mean that mission that he has given us for believers we we need to be thinking upon those things i mean god can help us to stay going but also we need to be serving we need to be ministering unto the lord we need to be working for the lord i, I mean we need to be doing what god would have us to do we need to be bearing testimony of him and we need to be meeting the needs of those who are hurting and those that need help come on as as believers we're to be reaching out we're to be telling others about Jesus Christ. We're to be trying to help them to get to the Lord. And if they have already been to the Lord, we're to try to help them to make it through this life. Day after day, week after week, month after month. There's a lot of people out there struggling right now. I'm sure you run into them on a fairly uh, uh, often uh, basis. I, I, if you're out there at all, you're running into people. They're confused. They're disoriented. They don't know what tomorrow holds. What's all this happening around the world? All these different things. The, the divorce is running crazy. I mean, there's so many drug and alcohol problems out there, and the list goes on and on. People need help, and they need the help that the Lord can give them. And that is why we as believers are supposed to be ministering to others. I don't know about you, but after I got saved, I could not hardly talk about anything but the Lord. It's just all that was on my mind all the time. And everywhere I went, I was talking to somebody about Jesus. 
And I didn't even know a whole lot about it myself. I just know that what he did in my life, I wanted everybody else to have it. And I just talked about him all the time. And you know what that brought about in my life? It brought about a peace. It may not have brought about a real peace to the people I talked to. But it brought a peace to me. I mean, I was sharing his goodness. I was sharing his mercy. I was sharing his grace. I was sharing his loving kindness. I was sharing the saving faith that I had, that little bit of faith that God gave me, that, that, that made me call out to call out to him, to trust Christ as my Savior, and letting people know, hey, if you do this, man, I'm telling you, God can do things in your life you never even believe. And you know that what that does to us as believers? It brings peace. You know, it's an amazing thing that you can be talking to somebody, and, and, and I mean, they can, they, can, they, can, they, can get, they can get upset about the whole thing. I don't need your religion. I don't need your church. I don't need anything like that. And, and even though they're like that, and certainly we're not, we're not trying to shove anything down anybody's throat, but even though that they're like that, we can walk away from that conversation going, oh, thank you, Lord. I got to plant some seed. I mean, we can walk away saying, Lord, you've got to touch their heart. I've told them what they need to do, but I can't save them. You've got to do something for them. I'm telling you, it brings a peace that nothing else will bring. You know what? No, 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 no. People have lost. People don't have the peace that God wants them to have because they're not willing to minister anymore. You know where they want to minister? In the church where people are already saved. And that's not a bad thing. We need ministers right here in the church. But I'm telling you, there's a whole city of people out there that need the Lord. And we are supposed to be that mouthpiece. We are supposed to be the one that's carrying the gospel message to them. And whether we're writing letters or making phone calls or sending emails or, or going out and talking to people and knocking on doors or hanging door bags on doors, getting the gospel out, whatever we can, I'm telling you, there's a great peace to be had because we are doing what God has commissioned us to do. He commissioned us to do it. And a lot of people, no, no, a lot of people are missing out on this piece because they just won't do it. For whatever reason. They're not going to do it. They're not going to speak up. They're not going to pass out tracts. They're not going to invite people to church. They're not going to do it. And, and it's not like, oh, please, come on. It, it's, it's not like that they have this thought, well, I'm not going to do that. It's, it's not that necessarily. It's just that there's the fear of the unknown. There, uh, there, uh, the devil tries to strike fear in our hearts so we won't speak up about the Lord. They're intimidated. They, they, they don't know what's going to happen if they say something to somebody, so they're not going to say anything. Man, don't let those types of things keep you from telling people about Jesus. Don't let those types of things keep you from inviting people to church or handing somebody a gospel track. Don't do it. Mercy, the, 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 the dividends, the rewards of doing that, well, much part of the reward is peace. Because if we're walking with the Lord throughout the day, our minds and our thoughts are upon the Lord. And, 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 and so, so if we have an opportunity, we'll talk about the Lord. And if temptations and trials come along the way, we are a we are aware of the Lord's presence. We are aware of the Lord's strength. We know that He is there for us. Well, I mean, we've been talking to the Lord all day anyway. We're, we're, we're standing, we're walking in the Lord all day long. Therefore, you are much more able to stand fast against the temptations and trials that come. You are much more able to speak out for the Lord when that opportunity is given. Peace. 
That's what's meant by being in the Lord. We're, we're talking to the Lord all day long. Verse, verse number uh, uh, 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. We're to keep our minds upon the Lord and His goodness all day long. Uh, verses 8 and 9, we're going to get to that in a minute. And we're to work at bringing every single thought into the subjection of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Man, that's not just a good verse to memorize. That's a wonderful verse to live by. Okay, I'm telling you, as we go through life every day, there are other things that come into our mind besides Jesus, aren't there? And if we're not careful, there are things that come into our mind that shouldn't be there anyway. And if we're not extra careful, pretty soon we're dwelling on those. And man, I could go list, I could, no, 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 I could start listing things from the very worst on down to just to casual think of nothing pretty much like all of us men do honey what are you thinking of um nothing most of the time our wives don't believe us but that's really what it is <clears throat> nothing the bible says that we're to be mindful of those things and we're to take those thoughts into captivity and bring it to the obedience of Christ. We as believers, if we're keeping, if we're praying and we're keeping our minds upon the Lord, if we're standing fast in the Lord, common sense tells us this. Um, We are not going to have the victory that the Lord wants us to have unless we're standing fast in the Lord. It's not going to happen. We're in the midst of spiritual warfare every day as we go through life. This world, as I've already said, is against God. It has no tolerance for God. Come on, I'm not making this up. They've kicked God out of schools. You can't pray at the, you can't pray at ball games anymore. Uh, I, I mean, it's getting, it's gotten completely out of hand. And we have to be careful because we can be so influenced, influenced by, by, by these things. We need to be standing fast in the Lord, doing the things that God would have us to do, no matter what everybody else is doing. I love church. And I love church because uh, I have people around me that care about me. And I have people around me that encourage me to do the right thing. And that's a good thing. And they had this too. The Apostle Paul wants what's best for them. He calls them dearly beloved. Uh, they are his brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and he even said that he longs to see them. I want to be around you. He's in prison. He's unable to be with them. But his heart is with his, his family, the family of God. He, he desires the best for them. He wants the best for them. I don't know if you've got this figured out yet. But uh, other believers need encouragement. 
personal encouragement. No matter how good they may look on the outside, they need personal encouragement. Because all of us are under attack to some extent. And everybody has problems. And we need encouragement. It's a good thing to encourage people to be in church. It's a good thing to encourage people to be in the church activities. It's a good thing to encourage people uh, in whatever manner that we might along the way to stand fast, to draw nigh to God, to trust God through the trials, uh, to trust God through the test, to always put God first in their life. I mean, encouraging them, encouraging them, encouraging them, and encouraging them. I mean, phone calls, text messages, emails, whatever the case may be, certainly personal personal encouragement. How about this for an encouragement? I've been praying for you. Now, you can't say that unless you really have. But isn't it a wonderful thing when somebody comes up and says, you know, I prayed for you this morning. Man, what encouragement. Come on, they're talking to God about me. No, no, they're talking to the one that can really help me. That's a great source of encouragement. I, I, I can't think of anything that encourages us much more than being around those that really care. Those that are of like faith. Those that you can talk to about, about your faith and what God is doing in your life. You know, conversations between Christians, and I'm, I'm not against talking about anything, cars or hunting or, or whatever the case may be. You know, things of interest, things like that. But, you know, conversations between Christians somewhere along the way ought to go to the Lord. The Bible. Well, I read this in the Scriptures this morning. Let me show you this. I read this in the Scriptures this morning. God really spoke to my heart about this. I'm telling you, I can remember different times in my life that people came to me with something like that and showed me, and it was exactly what I needed. Preacher, you're after us all the time to read our Bible. Yes, I am, and I'll continue to be. And to pray. Of course, yeah, definitely so. But you know, if, if, we are, if we are genuinely doing that for the, for the right reasons, God is going to help us. He is going to deal with us. He, 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 he is going to strengthen us and guide us and all of those different things that He can do. But also, He will give us something to give someone else. We ought to share it. We ought to talk to people about it. I love being in the house of God. We're to stand fast in the faith. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit ye like men, be strong, 1 Corinthians 16. We're to stand fast in the liberty of Christ. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage, Galatians 5.1. We're to stand fast in one spirit. We're to strive together for the faith of the gospel. Only let your conversation be as it as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Philippians chapter 1. We're to stand fast and we're to hold on to the teachings of the doctrines 
of this Bible, the truths. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle, Second Thessalonians 2. If we're going to live in the peace of God, we're certainly going to have to learn how to stand fast. But there's more to it. Verse number two says, I beseech Yodius, Yodius, and beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other, uh, with other my fellow laborers, whose name, names are in the book of life. So if, if we're going to practice this peace, if we're going to have this peace, I'm sorry, if we're going to have this peace, then we have to practice unity. We have to practice unity. There's no peace. There's no peace if people are arguing. There's no peace if people are gossiping. There's no peace if people are complaining or are in some type of a power struggle or they're backbiting or they're criticizing or they're grumbling, murmuring, complaining about things. There's no peace. A church that breathes gossip breeds gossip. Preacher, you seem to be against gossip. I am so against gossip. Because I've watched it destroy more lives. I've watched it tear apart more churches. Paul knew this. And it's a fact that really can be easily seen, but too often it's ignored. But the Lord had showed the Apostle Paul something. There were some in the Philippian church who were being critical and they were arguing and they were grumbling and they were fighting. And the Lord already had Paul to give a charge to the believers to stand fast in one spirit, defending the gospel, to love each other and to be of one accord and of one mind, to esteem and regard others better than self. All these things. Uh, the, the plea is for all to be in agreement in the Lord. The source of the disturbance in the church was due to two prominent ladies, apparently, that were in the church, Yodis and Sintiki, and, 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 and who they were and, 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 and what caused the trouble between them is unknown. But we know this about them. They were quarrelers. They were two women who differed and bickered and argued and criticized and challenged and murmured and grumbled. Let me go ahead and say this to get the stiffness out of the air. It could have been men too. And what the Apostle Paul did is he pled for these two ladies to get their minds together in the Lord. Because if we're in one mind, if we're, if we're of one mind in the Lord, there's not going to be any time for fussing. Are y'all with me here? No, 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 no. In fact, the very opposite is true. We'll be seeking to fulfill the Lord's will, seeking to fulfill the Lord's work. Someone walking in the Lord is consumed with keeping the, the, the presence of the Lord alive in their heart and alive in their life, and their thoughts are of the Lord. Their thoughts are not, uh, their thoughts are not differences with other believers.
the need is for a true friend. Uh, he calls him a, a yoke fellow to, to step in and, and to help those that are at, at odds. A yoke fellow would be, um, be one that's in step with other believers. I mean, one that's, that's in the yoke working side by side. I mean, one that's, that's out there doing the work. I mean, not pulling in opposite directions, no, 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 but, but striving together in the work of the Lord. We need these uh, yoke fellows at Riverside Baptist Church. People that are willing to step in when needed. People that are willing to help settle the dust. People that aren't going to put up with uh, gossip and murmuring and complaining and griping. I'm not talking about being mean. I'm just talking about standing fast for what is right. There shouldn't be any of that if we are of one mind. If we have one purpose, and that's to get the gospel to a lost and dying world. If we're trying to help people that are saved to be discipled and live their life for God. It, it can be a wonderful thing, can it? It, it, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be anything but good. And we need people that are willing to do that. Can I just say that's not always the pastor's job? Okay, I'll go ahead and, ta- I'll go ahead and say it. I- I'm going to do everything I can. I have been done and will continue to do everything I can to squash any gossip. To settle any arguing and bickering and murmuring and complaining. I'm going to do everything I can in my own power with God's help to stop any of that. Well, preacher, what's going on? Nothing. Have you noticed a good spirit? No, no, nothing's going on. No, no, it's messages like this are just a good for preparation, aren't they? Just be prepared for things. But I am going to continue to do that. You know why, Brother Doug? I love the spirit that's here. And if people can't be in agreement with this book and what God would have us to do, if they think they know better or think they know a better way or, or think they, they could do it a better way or whatever the case may be, they don't want to just be of one mind in the Lord moving forward, doing what God would have them to do, they can probably find a church out there that's full of people like that. And then they can go ahead and do all the gossiping and murmuring and complaining they want to. But not here. I was talking to someone very recently about our church. And I said, one of, the, one of the main things I love about our church, about our church, is that it's just full of a bunch of real people. What you see is what you get. Well, I know it ain't much, but hey... Mercy. Nobody tries to put on any airs. Nobody's trying to be better than anybody else. We're sinners saved by grace. We're, we're trying to do our best to love God with all of our heart. To get the gospel to a lost and dying world. 
we all struggle. We all fall short of the glory of God. But hey, we're, we're, we're here for one another, to encourage one another, to edify one another, to lift up one another, to build up one another. Tell me what good it, tell me what good it does to tear down people. Just tell me. Well, no, you can't tell me any good because it does no good to tear down people. It does no good to gossip about people. It does no good to murmur and complain about the things that are going on. I'm telling you, no, 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 I'm wide open. If, if, if you think, I tell, I tell our deacons this all the time, if you think you see I'm doing something wrong, please come tell me about it. I, I want to know. And, and if I can't explain it away, maybe I am. I, no, no, I'm just a man. I'm flesh and blood. It's not like I'm, it's not like I am, 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 am it, it, it's, it's, it's not like I don't make mistakes. Boy, I'm glad Miss Pam ain't here. <laughs> I know you're watching. I'm wide open. If, 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 there's something, if there's something on your mind, something in your heart that says, man, I tell you, I don't know why, preacher, just come ask me. Come talk to me. I'll be happy to sit down with you. I'll be happy to talk about anything, any question you might have. I'll do my best to answer it. And if I'm wrong in an area, Brother Nathan, I'll tell you. I'll apologize. I, I have no, I'm, no, no, I have no problem with that. You, you, you know what's... <laughs> I'm so glad I have this to stand on, Miss Brenda. I have this to stand on. If without this, I have nothing. And I know that for sure. I have this. I have this. And as I stand on this... As years go by, more and more I become uh, weird to a lot of people. Because there's a lot of churches that are not staying true to this. And I'm not trying to be ugly toward them. It's just a fact. It's just a fact. But, but to the best of my ability, I'm going to stand on this. So I, I, I will do my best, if, if any questions, whatever comes up, I'll do my best to give an answer that's based on this. Because it's what I have, Brother Charles. It's what we have. It's what you stood on all those years when you pastored up there in the cold country. Hallelujah to God. <clears throat> I'm too old to change. You didn't have to smile at that. <sighs> okay, let me rephrase that. I don't want to change. I want to stay true to this. Because this is what helps people. This changed my life. Brother Andrew, this changed my life. This did. This changed my life. Because I got into a church where they preached this, where they taught this, where they stood upon this, where they were strong about this. It changed my life. Many times, Brother Denny, I've said to a lot of different people, I just want to help folks live for God. I want to help them live for God. Because if they're living, truly living for God, their life's going to be good. They may go through trials. They may have troubles. There's going to be temptations there. But if they're living for God, Brother Jerry, their life is going to be good. It's going to be good because He's always there for us. And so we stand upon this. And so, why would we allow people that don't believe 
what we stand on here to cause division. It makes no sense. It truly makes no sense. Not when we can have a church like we have where there is peace. Where there's just a wonderful spirit where people actually get along. Isn't that something? Amazing. We need to be people who are going to love and care about others. We need to be people that are going to be helping and ministering to others. We need to be, we need to be a people that God has strengthened to be helpers to our fellow helpers, to our fellow laborers. I, I mean, no, 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 no. I, I mean, we need to be praying and seeking God and asking Him to help us to be strong enough to help somebody else. That's what a true church should be like. We're there for one another. We're encouraging one another. Just a couple more things here. Verse number four says this. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. So if we're going to have peace, we need to be rejoicing in the Lord. And, and it says that we're to be rejoicing always, always. Well, shouldn't that say always, preacher? No, no, no. It, that word's right, always. Well, what's that all about? Well, what it really means is all along the way. We're to rejoice all along the way. Well, preacher, things aren't always good. I understand, but we're to rejoice all along the way. Preacher, you know, things don't always go the way I think they should be going. I know, I understand that completely. I'm telling you, I've been without my wife seven weeks now. I know exactly what you're saying, but we're to rejoice all along the way. We're to rejoice, and we're rejoicing in the Lord. Come on, our circumstances may not be good, but we're rejoicing in the Lord. Things may not be everything we hoped they would be, but we're rejoicing in the Lord all along the way. Good situations, bad situations, good times, bad times. Just keep rejoicing in the Lord all along the way. Paul is in prison, and the church is having problems with this false teaching, but Paul tells the believers that they're to be rejoicing in the Lord. There's never going to be peace that God wants us to have in our lives until we learn to rejoice all along the way. He's here to help us to do that, too. Because he says this in verse number 6. Come on, I'm going to move on. Verse number 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So be careful for nothing. What that means there is don't be full of care. Don't be full of care. Well, what are we supposed to do, preacher? Pray. See, we don't have to worry. We do not have to worry because we have a God that can handle whatever we may face. So what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to go to Him. We're supposed to cast our care upon Him. We're supposed to allow Him to carry that load for us because if we learn to do so, then we have verse number 7. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
but come on, Brother Marshall, come on, Pastor, come on, Preacher. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to not let those things just keep going over and over and over in my mind. I mean, these all these cares, all these worries, all these, what am I supposed to do about that? Well, he didn't leave us. No, no, no. God gives us a list of things to think on. Right there in verse number 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Can I go ahead and just say it? If your mind is full of the things of the world, it's going to be hard to think on these types of things. It's going to be hard. I mean, if, if you're on social media all the time, you're going to have a hard time thinking on these types of things. It, 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 no, no, no. If you're on social media all the time, it's going to turn into this. Whatsoever things are fake, whatsoever things are a lie, whatsoever things are rebellious against God, whatsoever things are polluted, whatsoever things are trashy, whatsoever things are of a bad report, if there be any immorality, if there be any gossip, dwell on those things. And, 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 and those things that you have not learned and received and heard and, and, and seen in a righteous person do. And you'll worry yourself into huge ulcers in an early grave. Preacher, I'm saved by the grace of God. Me too. Hallelujah. I'm thankful. But I'm telling you, people that are saved by the grace of God can be thinking on the wrong things. Okay, your mind's stronger than mine. I understand these two brain cells I have left, they don't carry a lot of power. But I'm telling you, I have found myself watching too much news and being on social media too much, and all of a sudden my thinking is not what it should be. My trust in the Lord is not what it should be. I'm concerned about what's happening halfway around the world and dwelling on those types of things instead of just trusting God. You know what that does? It robs me of my peace. Preacher. I mean, we live in this world. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to have some uh, willpower. No, we're, 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 we're supposed to have some, some strength in the Lord to where we can turn off Facebook. or Snapchat, or TikTok, or however many of those other things are in there, where pretty much all you're getting is the, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and use the word, which pretty much all you're getting is the stink of this world. Uh, no, no, I'm not trying to be ugly, I'm trying to help you. Because I like having that peace. Roman, I like having that peace where I can lay my head down on my pillow at night and just go to sleep because of the peace of God. It's very real. And God wants us to have it. He, he wants us to have the peace that passes understanding. He, he wants us to have that. So we can follow God's line of thinking and doing. We can do that. Look at verse 9. No, we're, we're, we're right it down. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard 
and seen in me, the Apostle Paul says to the church, do. And the God of peace shall be with you. And the God of peace shall be with you. I'm I'm, going to quit, but we have to be doers of the word. It's not good enough to just go through the religious motions. To be in your place when you're supposed to be in your place and carry your Bible with you. And it's not good enough to just go through the motions. We have to be doers of the Word. A big part of the people that are sitting in here tonight have been in church for decades. Decades. And they've heard sermon after sermon after sermon and Sunday school lesson after Sunday school lesson and and people have talked to them and they've sat under counseling and, and they know what the Word of God says and yet there are still areas if we're not careful, that that just slips away and we're not doing that. We're doing just the opposite of that. And it robs us of our peace. The Apostle Paul said, those things that you've learned, received, heard, you've seen in me, do those They didn't have the whole canon of scriptures like we do, Brother John. They didn't have a Bible sitting in their lap. Some of it was still being written, these letters, different ones. They didn't have it like we do. The Apostle Paul, I don't think I would have been afraid at all if I lived back in that time and had been uh, associated with him, walking with him, learning from him, watching him and his life. I don't think I would have been afraid at all to go, Man, I want to be like that. I mean, the guy was willing to go to prison for what he believed. And then kept a good enough attitude to write letters like this while he was in prison to help you and me. What I want more than anything else is I want people to follow the Lord. That's what I want. What God would have them to do and follow Him. But when I rag on you to do all these different things like coming to church when the doors are open and coming to Sunday school and reading your Bible and praying and tell other people about Jesus and give as God would have you to give and all that stuff. When I do that, it's not just because, well, that's your job. You're the preacher. You're supposed to do that. No, that's not why I do it. I do it because I've experienced it in my own life and I've been blessed because of it. And I know that if other people will practice the same thing because it is Bible, that they'll be blessed. So I don't harp on you just because I get great enjoyment out of it. Although at times I do. I harp on you because I care about you. But 
there's been times in my life as a pastor that I have felt like I've cared more about people than they cared about themselves. I'm not trying to lift myself up. I'm just telling you a truth. I try to direct them in the way that God would have them to go, and yet they just go ahead and go their own way and have to end up paying the price for that. I get no joy out of that. I know that we can all experience this peace if we try it God's way. If we get out of our religious rut and just start practicing what the Bible says. And that peace that passes understanding can be very real. I'm thankful that we have a God that cares about us. Let's, let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the Bible. I, I feel as though that I've done some rambling tonight, Lord. I pray that you'd put it together in the hearts of your people and help people with it. I pray you'd take the word that has been preached and Lord, that you would do a work that would help us to have more peace in our life, in our walk with you. That we, we, we would allow our light to shine brighter. That we would determine that we're not going to be murmurs and complainers and gripers and gossipers, but we are going to be what you would have us to be. That we're going to stand fast in the Lord. That we are going to talk to you throughout the day. That... You'll be the first person we talk to in the morning and the last person we talk to at night and someone we can talk to all throughout the day that will help us to stay on track in everything that we do and that will keep that peace that you offer us real in our own lives. And I don't know how you may have spoken to hearts tonight, God. I'm, I am very thankful for, for this crowd and for those watching by live stream. I just pray your will would be done in each one of our lives that if there's some area that is not what it should be, that we'll seek you about that. Lord, that uh, we'll ask you to help us. There may be someone here that has lost all peace. I mean, day after day, it's just a battle. Father, I pray you'd restore their peace, that you'd help them, Lord, even tonight, that they might be able to sleep a little bit better. Bless this time of invitation. Help us, Lord, just to yield to you. We pray and thank you for your goodness. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand for a minute. Many have already come to the altar. You need to come. Why don't you? Why don't you? You you need the peace that God offers. There's areas in your life that you know are not what God would have them to be. Why don't you just yield to God tonight? Let Him have His way. Why don't you determine you're going to be an edifier? You're going to be a yoke fellow. You're going to be someone that's going to help other people instead of hurting other people. Determine to let God have His way. It'll bring you peace. That peace that only God can give. Folks are praying there's still time, there's still room. Cole's going to sing.
just let God have his way. Just as I am without one plea, 